5: There were plenty of options for our first graphic novel adaptation to choose from, but I think there are very few that would be more appropriate for November 2020 than V for Vendetta. This is part two of our conversation, and we were left with several questions last week, like, what is going to happen to Evie? And is V secretly a theater kid?
6: That line, in it is like, you were already in prison, Evie. I just showed you the bars. And oh, it's like fuck every, you, yeah, that is Every poli-sci theater major is like,
3: whoa, <laughs> shit. He's a theater major who took one poli-sci class.
5: Uh, welcome back to Popcorn Book Club. This week, we continue our discussion on V for Vendetta with book two, This Vicious Cabaret. I'm Dana ooh. Schwartz, joined as always by Jennifer Wright, Tantran, Karamadankwa and Melissa Hunter. Welcome back, guys.
6: Hi. Hi. Hello. Uh, right Good off the bat, you.
3: I want to say I love that this starts with a song. A horizontal and- song. Yeah. You gotta flip it.
7: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of work involved, and it's like, ooh, I have to read sheet music and look mm-hmm. at comic panels. There's a lot that's happening. And it goes again into the theatricality that we talked about last week. And I like the title Vicious Cabaret. It did also take me nine chapters into this book, book two, to realize that all of the chapters start with the letter V. I am stupid. <laughs> uh,
8: I, I, did I did not, not realize that, that until you said
7: okay. it now. So yep. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm he, gonna brag and say I figured it out right away. Yeah. <laughs> can any of you read sheet music because I
5: can't and I don't have a piano I can but I am not good at it so
3: I kind of looked at it and I was like oh that's cute it's music and did no effort to figure out what it sounded like I'm
4: sure if we went online we would find super fans have performed this song in its entirety it's kind of a
5: funny little little, like ironic racist ditty you know like an uh, ironic ditty Mm -hmm. about racism in the way that the Film and and musical cabaret are, uh,
3: yes. I thought it was a, very a true, a
5: good song. Good for you, V. Writing a song for no one to hear,
3: I guess except Evie, maybe at this point. He can hear. It's for him, Dana. Some people do things it, for themselves. No, yeah, you have to document really everything. So
6: no, you don't. Independent and self possessed, he can just do things. It's all self care, Dana.
3: He does have a, a <laughs> well, and, fun little <laughs> disco room in his in his bungalow. Mm-hmm. Yeah to your point about documenting everything though the fact that it is sheet music is interesting because it does leave a paper trail for people to then follow and that's kind of one of the things about fascist governments is that they don't want art first of all mm-hmm. so it's interesting that it's music it's not a manifesto it's a song and songs also because you can hear them as well as write them down do contribute to oral tradition and you can't take away somebody's memory
5: mm-hmm. One thing that I do love about V as a character, I think he's a very fun character just in terms of every mm-hmm. all of his weirdness and contradictions. He's someone who believes that the revolution, I mean, to, to quote him, should have dancing, but he like fundamentally loves the power of art. And he's like, this is what we're fighting for. This is, you know, movies and songs and dancing. Like, I, I do think that that's always a, an and important th- an important thing to remember <laughs> mm-hmm. and dramatic
6: artistic and dramatic murder, murder. yeah, <laughs> yeah, singing murder daddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this goes right into murder daddy stuff because it goes from there into them dancing and she's like, "I've never thanked you." Should we? Mm. And he's like, "Don't fancy me," and then kicks kicks her out. And then he says, "I'm not your father, Evie." Which oh. yeah. maybe I I don't know. Wait, and then I'm sorry, was he a broom at the end? What happened? Yeah, like, yeah he was a He, was, he made a like a dummy, okay. a
5: dummy. A, yeah, yeah, like a, a, a scarecrow. I meant, I said dummy, I well, meant scarecrow. Which is
3: a really beautiful, I think, foreshadowing of the end of this book, which we won't get into the details yet, but um, there's this sort of elaborate ruse that happens where she's outside, she's been blindfolded, and now she thinks she's talking to V, and then it turns out it's not him at all. And that there's been a trick that's been played on her. And she is sort of, she has a rug pulled from under her. She's like, wait, I'm alone.
7: She realizes,
4: boy, she's going to have a lot of tricks played on her. What a way to be ghosted.
7: (laughs) If someone someone did that to me when I was dating them and I like walked out and then they were a coat rack. And a a recorder. And a voice (laughs) recorder. This is also the lowest tech of
3: all of his little
6: And then she's She's like, rude. Yeah, yeah. And then she's just out in the world, Mm fending for herself. He also must have recorded
5: in advance, because then when she's out on the street and listens to him talk, he says things like, I'm not your father, Evie. So, presumably the day before, he was inside, with a recorder, planning, <laughs> your, yes. your father is yes, dead, yes, Evie. Yes. I'm not your
6: father. <laughs> Waiting. And, and hold a beat, one, two. He definitely recorded it a few times because he didn't get the timing right. He yes. had to imagine what she would say back, kind of play out a different, a few options. A few um, alts. I like thinking, mm-hmm. too, that she's walking around around him, like in the
7: same area that he's recording. So he has to be like, I'm not your dad.
2: just like sneaking
7: in recordings
3: the logistics do not hold up if you think about them for more than four seconds of anything in this book and i love that i love that about it
5: it's um (laughs) but it's like refrigerator refrigerator logic right like logic in movies and tv shows and books I've been taught, but maybe I think people have different explanations, but I've been told that a, a movie or a screenplay with refrigerator logic means it, as you watch it, you're like, that's so cool. And then as you walk away to the refrigerator to, like, get a drink or a snack, you're like, you start thinking. But wait a yeah. second. Wait a
6: minute. <laughs> <laughs> a in, in writers' rooms, I've had heard two versions of it. It's that, or it's that, like, you put something in the refrigerator and then you don't think about what happens to it, but in between the time that you go oh, go and check it out, that's where the movie
3: Sausage Party came in. Yes, right?
6: exactly. It's, <laughs> uh, it's basically about writers not wanting to do the do extra work. That's <laughs> what it is. Um, yeah. So the big I had nothing to say. The
5: big thing that sort of happened next, and I want to get to the Jordan Tower break in and then Gordon, and then Evie's mm-hmm. uh, end of book two thing, which is big, and we're going to get to mm-hmm. that. Before we do, and before we dive in, we get in the head of Rosemary uh, Almond, who is mm-hmm. uh, this poor woman whose uh, violent, abusive poor husband Rosemary. was uh, murdered by V. Um, good. Good, but now she sort uh, but of bad for her. Bad yeah. for her. She feels sort of helpless, and then... Creepy co worker, uh, Dascombe, who I thought was gay, but, or maybe is gay or bi. You don't you know? get to be
3: gay. Oh, but like, like in this, not you, you could be gay if you wanted, <laughs> but like in this book, fuck.
4: But yes, in, in creepy A in, for Vendetta England. Yeah, it is in,
5: in North Spire England. But uh, uh, Roger Dascombe, who was like, had a prickly uh, c- competition with her now dead husband, hits on her and kind of like makes her. Uh, makes her uh, date him, and she sort of has to. Yeah,
4: she's not getting any state support. Like, it's made really clear that the only Mm -hmm. way she is going to survive is by finding another husband. And we've kind of seen what the alternative is for women like Evie who don't have traditional male support in their lives in this society. Um, She's going to have to prostitute herself to someone. (laughs)
5: And we will find out. Luckily, there's a uh, cabaret and uh, oh, we hope she can <laughs> dance because that is now yeah. her only career option. Uh-huh.
6: <laughs> Poor this Rosemary. Is,
5: this is Rosemary's storyline. This is what we get. She's in a downward spiral from, like, the abused wife of a high party official to having no options.
4: I mean, she's also a really good representation of kind of the casualty of V's war, that he's killing these people and we feel good about it. But there are people left behind and people who Mm -hmm. might have been completely innocent whose lives get a lot worse as a result of V's murders.
3: That's Mm -hmm. the frustrating thing I feel about revolution is that there's always... Like, people are like, we need a revolution, we need a revolution, and I don't disagree. But, like, even bloodless revolutions still have casualties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it
5: is interesting to me that she's sort of in the position of, if any of you watched or read The Handmaid's Tale, like, the wife of mm-hmm. the, the guy, whose name yeah. I'm forgetting now, where it's like, she... Uh, Serena Joy? Serena mm-hmm. Joy, where yeah. she is in a... While uh, her husband was alive, she was sort of in a rarefied position where she was sort of comfortable within this system. But this is a system that is incredibly harsh to women in which, you know, options don't exist for them. And so once that support dries up, she is very helpless. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. the women who sort of like find ways to help themselves within the system and then unfortunately do or don't realize that the system is not designed to help them.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but back to our main... So that sort of is happening in the sideline, and you're like, I bet these stories are gonna come to a head at some point. Uh, but we get a V story where he breaks into the Jordan Tower, which is their like transmission tower, and pulls that same goddamn stunt where he has a fake V mask.
6: He was practicing. <laughs> he, he, he has a stunt coordinator, <laughs> uh, a stunt coach that he works with for all of these mask fl- flipperoos, you know. <laughs> and it's something that
4: I turn. love about the break into Georgian Tower is that it starts with the security guards watching a terrible TV show. Yes. They're watching like Storm Saxton, which is just about a white man forcefully gripping a blonde lady named Heidi and saying that he's going to kill black people. Yeah. Um, And then V comes in and does something that is so much more theatrically interesting.
6: Yes. And Karama's face. I wish the podcast could see. It is
4: the most most
3: racist
5: uh, uh, propaganda since Brave New World, I
3: would say. The (laughs) book? Yes. The thing about, but, like, I want to compare this to Brave New World because I feel like Brave New World, I felt like Aldous Huxley was a fucking racist. Mm -hmm. But not that the world was racist, but that he built a world that was racist because he was racist. And this Mm -hmm. felt like Alan Moore was documenting the way that if our society continues to go unchecked, the racism will continue to jump out of society. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't at any point feel like Alan Moore is a racist. And in fact, it felt like he was very aware of the position that he holds as a white person and the position that white supremacy holds in our society.
5: Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And Storm Saxon itself is a very Nazi name. Like Storm is the thing that's associated with like, Know, the Daily Storm or like the Q Storm. Like, not like neo Nazis yeah. use that troopers? Storm
3: Stormtroopers?
5: Stormfront. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. yeah. It's like, but like, it's like Nazi thing. And, and Saxon is like, like Anglo Saxon. I mean, like, it huh. is just like, his name is like Nazi McNazi. <laughs> 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 and uh, it's, yeah, it's not subtle, but it's funny.
7: That, I, mean, I feel I, like Nazi like McNazi
3: that. would be a little great propaganda cartoon for like Nazis, for like little. <laughs> Child Nazis. Nazi
7: McNazi.
3: The Nazi. Adventures of Nazi McNazi.
7: <laughs> we are not pitching that as an idea, just letting everyone No, know. no, no, no. I don't
3: want to. <laughs> I am pitching that as a satire, sort of like a, um, what's the What's the Nazi one with, uh, with like a. Uh, Rabbit. Springtime. Yeah, uh, Rabbit. Rabbit. Or Rabbit.
4: the producers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Producers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tycho
3: Ytt, that's his name. I just yeah, completely mm-hmm. butchered it. Sorry.
5: <laughs> Jews, Jews, and people of color, I think, can make fun of Hitler. That's my, yes. I like when they do that. That's
7: fun for me. <laughs> uh, and queer people. Like, yes. Yes. I'm queer people. I like when V uh, the 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 broadcast that he chooses almost feels like a sketch comedy pitch, where he's like. I'm firing England. I am the mm-hmm. boss. England mm-hmm. is my employee. I'm gonna fire her. Um, that whole that whole little section was incredibly theatrical and so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, another highly produced, yeah, he worked that. Yeah, who of... was the camera operator on that? Oh, Maybe? he set that up on. A, he had a
6: ring light and
7: yeah. a tripod. <laughs>
6: yeah. He had a he had a, a self tape section, you know. Fortunately, the contouring already came with the mask. I uh, didn't have to go through her makeup. <laughs> yeah, he that does this true. he
5: does this really cute little speech. He does a mm-hmm. sketch and then he jumps through the glass as they shoot him or vice versa. I guess he he sort of comes he maybe throws the fake V dummy through and gets mm-hmm. away. You know, cuz he he pulled it off. Uh, meanwhile, our our other detective, uh, Detective Finch, punches Dead Almond's replacement, whose name is Creedy, who's even creepier than Almond. Um, and so now he's on a nice little break in uh, in somewhere because he he punched a coworker, which you're not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Evie Evie also has this sort of sad moment where she and Rosemary are sort of having these parallel nights. Where they realize mm-hmm. like how hard it is to be a woman alone in this society, mm-hmm. and so she t- starts taking up with this uh, old guy named Gordon.
6: Gordon, who is, love, do we know who he is? I love is, Gordon. Or, like what? He's, he's a, I love
5: Gordon. He's just Steelers. a new dude. What? Okay, what did he make of uh, Gordon, Melissa? I was just
6: like, he's just a dude, right? He's just a dude, I think. I mean, I think he has some criminal relations because right. he has people, like, knocking at his door. Um, but he takes her in as, like, a, um, like, just, she's sleeping in the second bedroom, I, I think, out of, like, the kindness of his Gordon's heart. she's like right? I no. Think no, it's implied no, they have sex. S- have-
4: oh, 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 I thought they didn't want yeah. it. In the movie, oh, I in thought the they m- weren't happy oh. about it. <laughs>
6: Okay. No, they have no, sex. In this, it looks oh. like. <laughs> no, it's I'm like on the, the page. It's of like 132. It, th- this picture. Here, I need to show sex. They full out, on have sex. This I, yeah. Oh my God, Chris, right. they so full on have sex. It's funny to me. It's like. It's, like, out of, a like, an 80s, like, rom-com. Like, up, here we go. Um, oh like, it kind of looks like Helen Hunt a little bit. <laughs> Evie ages. Yes. All of a sudden, Evie is 40 in this section of the... And then she becomes yeah. 80 at the end of book two. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, they have a little suburban time. And he's like, oh, I need to get... I need to use that second room and she's like okay i'll leave he's like you don't have to leave there's my bedroom she's like i thought you didn't want to and then they have (laughs) intense sex it seems like
3: well i feel very weird about the sexualization of evie it's sort
5: of like it it seems like evie on one hand like you know needed sort of a a man in this society because being a woman on your own sucks but it's like kind of cute i don't like that ellen moore again is like it's daddy issues. It's a daddy. Because a non-murder he's old. Murder daddy
7: this A non-murder time. That's daddy. Nice. Yeah. That's
6: better than a murder yeah. daddy. Uh, but this one's yeah. a murdered daddy. A murder
7: get murdered daddy. Yeah, a murdered murdered. A
6: daddy. <laughs> like immediately. They immediately. have like, I think it's like eight weeks, six weeks later. Up oh, he gets murdered through a door. Yeah. Um, and then she's on her own again.
3: I am going to go and make a box of chocolates for a statue. I'll be right back.
5: This is when we meet um, Allie something, who's the the uh, Allie Harper, who's the Scottish gang leader. So we just sort of yes. now in act two, you know, the, the players are coming to the board in a chess metaphor. And one of the you know, if if Gordon is sort Someone's of someone like, watching Queen's Gap. Oh, I have. And playing, at, <laughs> playing chess on chess.com. Um, mm, I'm really bad at it. But like so the other players now are Allie Harper, who's the Scottish gangster. Creedy, who's the new head of the police, who's paying off uh, Harper for, like, when the coup comes, you and your your uh, gang members will be behind me. And then, uh, yeah, the, the gang kills Gordon. Evie tries to get revenge because she's been having a hell of a 16 years. Mm-hmm. Life has been hard mm-hmm. for Evie. But before she can shoot, she is uh, she apprehended. So, uh Jennifer, do you want to take it from there about what happens to Evie after she is uh, caught trying to murder who they think is a party member, uh, Creedy, but she was actually going for it. The I think she was going for
6: the the gang guy. She wants to become the murder daddy. I'm going to let somebody (laughs) else take it from there. Um, Melissa, you want to take it? Sure. So she comes into her power and become tries to become her own murder daddy. And you just needed to repeat that line. Um, Very good. And then she gets got by a an anonymous person. Um, And then she has a funky dream. Um, Such a funky dream. What's going on? A real funky funky dream. dream? A daddy issue dream. It's it's a a, really intense daddy issue. A totally unnecessary daddy issue. Completely unnecessary.
4: And I then i sorry, quick interjection. I felt bad that I did not understand what was happening in the funky dream. So I'm glad that that was not deeply important. It was like a, an
6: amalgamation of like, it was the priest, her dad. Uh, it was V, I think a little bit. And she's like, uh, she's about to have sex with her dad. Yeah. Like it's all, it's yeah. not great. It's a bad dream. dream. I will say on the record,
5: I think most dream sequences are bad and unnecessary. I, hate I agree. Dream sequences. I, I hate them
6: too um so she has a weird dream so it goes she, on for a yeah, long time yeah it goes on for too long she wakes up in a prison cell and she's with like there are these uh, like guys that are interrogating her and she's blindfolded and she's starved and tortured and then she's uh does she shave her head they shave her head um and then she, ba- like, she's, like, basically on the brink of death. Um, and I'm just kind of flipping through. So then she reads this letter. And maybe someone else should pick up. So she finds in her prison cell a handwritten letter. So
5: a few um, a few, just, like, details, I, thank mm-hmm, you, Melissa, mm-hmm. but that I want to just make clear, is she is kidnapped and put in a, yes. what we... What we Spoiler alert. Believes to be a government prison. You know, the government yes. stuff is on the wall. The guards are there. She has been captured by the government and they are interrogating her like you were, you know, trying to shoot involved with, Creedy. Mm-hmm. You're involved in this murder. You know, you're involved with this terrorist named V. We have, you know, CCTV of you and the terrorist V. They're trying to Yeah, showing her, her the
3: video, I think, was really key in terms of making her believe because this mm-hmm. government has, it's the eye, the nose, the mouth, the fingers, all of that. And it's, like, very clearly the eye.
5: Uh, mm-hmm. So they know she's associated with her, but now she's in prison. Uh, they, you know, shave her. They torture her. They're interrogating her. They, like, I don't know what it's called, like, waterboarding when they, you mm-hmm. put your head in. Yeah. Like, like, forward waterboarding. And then she finds, like, a scrap of... Toilet paper um, in the corner, scrolled up, and that's in like a in a uh, like mouse hole in the corner, and that's where she gets uh, this story. And Karama, do you want to uh, give us Valerie's story if you don't mind?
3: Yeah, I don't mind at all. Valerie's story is actually one of my favorite parts. And again, not to get too far into the movie, but it did feel very much the same in the movie, and I'm glad because I think it's so powerful the way that it exists. Uh, so there's a there's been a rat in Evie's cell this whole time. And that's sort of like the repeated thing in the beginning. She's like, there's a rat, there's a rat, there's a rat. And in the little hidey hole where the rat usually is that she's focusing on, that's sort of like the only thing that she has to think about other than torture is this piece of toilet paper. And Valerie is the name of the person who writes it. Evie does that thing that I hate where she goes straight to the end to find out what's gonna happen. <laughs> and she that it's signed, Valerie. And she says, I don't know who you are, and uh, I may never see you. And I can't convince you that this is real, and it's not one of their tricks. But this is my story, and I have to tell it. This is the only autobiography I'm ever going to write. I hid a tiny pencil inside my body so they couldn't find it, and I'm writing this on toilet paper. And she talks about how um, she was born in the 50s in the late 50s, and she fell in love in middle school with this girl named Sarah, and she got a talking to at school. They're like, this is normal for young girls to sort of have these strong feelings for each other. You'll outgrow it. And it says, Sarah outgrew it. I didn't. And then she takes a woman home to meet her parents. Her parents disown her, and they say that she's broken their heart. And then she's like, I don't care. I have to be true to myself. And, like, I have my integrity, and what's important to me is my integrity, And I, and she moved out to become a movie star. And actually, one of the things I really appreciated about this was earlier in the book, in book one, there was a poster for a movie called The Salt Flats. And I was like, why does that seem familiar to me? And it's because I had seen the movie before and they mentioned it. And so she starred in this movie called The Salt Flats. And she met the love of her life, this woman named Ruth on set for The Salt Flats. And they moved in together and there were roses all the time. And she was so happy and then they started to take people away and they were taking away black people. And I'm sure they were taking away other people of color, too. But I think they mostly say black people in this. Uh, they were taking away black people and they were taking away queer people. So they got Ruth while she was out shopping. And Ruth then implicated uh, Valerie and said, she seduced me. Uh, this is where she is. But so they tortured. I have to
5: say they did. Yeah. Torture they did Ruth. torture her. Yeah. It's not oh, like yeah. she like mean... was waiting, waiting to give it up. Yeah. No, no, no. no. She wasn't like immediately after.
3: Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of Valerie ties that back to the idea of integrity. And she's like, she gave away that last inch of herself, her integrity. And that's what Ruth couldn't live with. And Mm -hmm. I will say Valerie also does not blame Ruth for it. She specifically says, I don't blame her. I understand. Uh, So Valerie talks about being in this cell and this is the moment where I realized reading it I already knew because I'd seen the movie I knew what happens but this is the moment where I realized reading oh this is not this is not what's I what I think it is she mentions another lesbian who's there who has recently died named Rita and Rita is also specifically mentioned in uh, What's her face's diary, Delia's diary from Lark Hill. And she talks about how she has vestigial fingers inside of her body, which was Duh. really gross in a detail mm-hmm. that I remembered. Oh, so that's when you sort of realize wait, this isn't actually a prison or some, this is a trick of some sort. Something that, is a trick. That, that is that's such a here. subtle
5: detail that I did not mm-hmm. realize until I re- reread it literally this morning to prep for the podcast. Like, That is a a tiny and subtle detail, that tip tip of the
3: hat to you, Karama. Thank you. I also was like, nobody's name is Rita, so it's the same person. Not nobody's name is Rita. If you're a listener and your name is Rita, no offense. But, like, it's not a super common name. I've probably met, like, two Ritas in my life my like sixth grade history teacher and this girl that I know who's a friend of a friend and her name's not even Rita. Legally, her name is Infant because her parents never filled in her birth certificate, which is a really fun fact. Mm. But back to the book. Shout out to <laughs> Infant. <laughs> um, so Valerie um talks about how we can never give up our integrity and uh, she talks about how, um you know, she was glad that there was a time where she had roses in her life and she wished that she could kiss the person in the cell next to her um, and like how keeping holding onto her integrity is the one thing that has kept her going. So then uh, Evie is then taken into a room and they're like, will you sign this statement that says that you were kidnapped against your will and um, sexually tortured by and forced to commit terrorist acts by the man codenamed V? And she was like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to say that. Because that's her integrity. She's like, no, that didn't happen. Like, I didn't mean to, she didn't mean to kill the bishop, but like, that's not what happened. It wasn't like that. And then they say that they're going to execute her. And she says, well, that's fine then. And I'd rather go out behind the chemical sheds and get shot. And (laughs) then the guard says, then you have nothing left to fear. You're free. And she's like, wait, what? And then she's just able to leave her cell. So I'll leave it there and we can keep Um, chatting. And and
6: he's a toy, a life-size toy Army man. Oh, yeah, I he guess. is a yeah. literal dummy. Yeah, so be
4: very good at making fake people.
6: Um, <laughs> so and we find good. out that B has done all this. He's a of prop this.
4: master. Yeah. Prop? Mm-hmm. And it is infuriating to me that he has taken like a teenage girl. And no matter what, he has kept her in a cell and shaved all her hair and tortured Starter her psychologically. And Starter. Starter. And, psychologically, yeah. yeah. I, yes. And then she gets to walk out into his beautiful house and have him say, basically, that this was for her own good. You're welcome. He goes, basically, you're welcome. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> he has that uh, Maui moment from Moana. He's like, what can I say except you're welcome? And she's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Oh, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. He's like, you say literally some. have been torturing me. Um <laughs> I have to At say At one point he says happiness is a prison. <laughs> oh my god. We all
6: I definitely oh did this god. guy in college. This is, um, well, I god.
4: actually had a teacher
3: in college who said something that was a lot like something in this section where she said the opposite of love is freedom. And I was like, that's really interesting as an idea.
4: I don't know if I agree. I think the opposite of love is seeing it again difference.
3: And
5: I do believe that. I mean lots
4: of people similar. say that. Yeah. But I guess sociopaths like, have no capacity yeah. to love and they're very
6: free. Um. It's the whole, like, uh, that line, and in, in, it is like, you were already in prison, Evie. I just showed you the bars. And oh, it's like fuck every, you, V. Yeah, that is... Every poli-sci theater major is, <laughs> that guy is like, whoa, shit. He's a theater
3: major who took one poli-sci class. But, oh, yeah. I have things that I want to say about V. Same. I don't want to say them right now, but I have things.
5: Uh, okay, I will say one quick thing, which is that I do think this work, this book works much, much better symbolically than literally, which is because yeah. when you start thinking about it literally, you're like, oh, this is deeply fucked up. So you just have to be like, it's, <laughs> an,
6: it's I, a bleh, allegory. <laughs> but well, but it's I like the Bible. Why, yeah. I mean, it, and she is like awakened at the end and we can get into that. But uh, that's what I like about it is that V is not a good guy. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, the hero, theoretically, or Evie, you know, one can argue either way, but, like, he is a fucked up anarchy murder daddy, you know, and it—it it is more interesting that way, I think.
4: That's very well said. He does have a beautiful shrine to Valerie, and that's nice.
3: Oh, that, Right, and then is, we oh, also yeah, find out that Valerie did write that. Yeah, Valerie is real, but real. she wrote it and sent it to V. She was the woman in room four.
5: Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a very important detail because I feel like that was one of the biggest betrayal. Almost immediately, the things that Evie is like, you cut my hair, you tortured me, and like the, the next thing that she thinks of is like, and then you, you know, lied. To, like that story wasn't real. Like I feel like she felt as we maybe felt. Like I definitely felt reading it. Like Valerie does feel so real that it would feel like such a betrayal if someone
6: was like, yeah, mm-hmm. V you couldn't write that well in a woman's voice, you
5: know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and so, yeah, Valerie was uh, uh, real, and as Karama, psychically predicted, uh, was at Lark Hill.
3: Yo, I mean, I didn't, I used the clues nope. in the text, Psychic. Dana.
5: Nope, you just knew. <laughs> it, Please don't make me I mean, a
3: magical black woman because I can read better than you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I
7: really said I didn't read that, that didn't specific read section of the book. Get yeah, to I it. told you
3: it's the best part.
7: Tien, you stopped at Valerie's I story? Think I, I I was, well, I was trying to finish right before this, and I didn't, I was like. It's
4: the gayest part. I give, too. give yourself the, the gift of part. reading it afterwards, oh, I, yeah. because Valerie's story
7: really is the best part. It's the I best, best section probably, of it, yeah. I think. It's my favorite. Karama, I feel like re, my favorite section. retelling it, truly, it was a I great think retelling. I'm also vulnerable and tired. And s- vulnerable as in I had, didn't sleep well. So like I'm like almost I was like, oh, that's going to make me cry. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. No, it will make you yeah, cry. It, it makes
3: me cry every time. Yeah. Like in the movie, it makes me cry. And reading yeah. this, even though yeah. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I was like, in the flowers <laughs> and the roses and the ruins, flats <laughs> <Wow>. of salt.
7: <laughs> I wonder if the name of that film, Salt Flats, And her being, and Valerie being a lesbian, is at all inspired by *The Price of Salt*, the like book that uh, that Carol, Carol, yeah, that inspired Carol. Just because I'm like, that's a lot of salt going. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of lesbian salt
5: connections. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Interesting.
6: I'm gonna. And it is British, so Mm -hmm. Alan Moore would have, you know, liked that. Mm -hmm. Let's take a quick break. I have to uh, run the spotlight on an anarchist uh, <laughs> pulling a stunt. <laughs> His lighting is always great. It's always fabulous. It is, yeah.
9: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
8: Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered.
9: (sighs) Good one, dad. (sighs)
8: We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the daily dad jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Speaking of people who are gay.
5: So do we think V is gay? I feel like he's not a person. Uh, He's just
3: a mask. He has no sexual urges one way or the other. Well, but here's the thing. He's at Lark Hill. Yeah.
0: Why? Oh. Why is
3: he at Lark Hill? That's the and that's something I had never thought about before. Interesting. Even though I've had experience with this story, I realized that Larkhill was a camp for quote unquote undesirable people that they rounded up. I'm pretty sure he's not a person of color. The, um, the movie makes this different. I mean,
4: different. He, he could be a political dissident.
3: That's true. Um, he could have been a socialist like, or yeah. an anarchist. Yeah, he
4: could have very. It seems like he's kind of an like he was, so he was probably an anarchist. Evie's before dad then. was a, that's a socialist. How he ended up there, yeah. but they just killed Evie's dad. We don't
5: yeah. know that's the that. Thing. They I just feel took like you don't.
4: That's you know, fair. We,
5: they um, they could have killed him at Larkow was a concentration camp and they did medical testing on some of the
3: people there.
7: I think he's gay, Karama. I know. I like, I no, think well, he's got like some queer energy for sure. Here's the, yes. well,
3: first of all, clearly a theater major, not doing him any favors on the straight side of things. Um, <laughs> but the other thing, no, but actual textual analysis, not just mm-hmm. me making stereotypes about gay people doing theater. Um, he... There's this whole thing in book one where Evie's kind of like, "Why aren't you trying to fuck me?" Mm, yeah, and he, and then that's when he kicks her out.
7: <laughs> <laughs> She's on and, to me.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought. We'll get to the
5: movie in two weeks, mm-hmm. but um, I do think the movie very clearly makes uh, a gay subplot explicit with a different character mm-hmm. and invent, mm-hmm. a sort of mm-hmm. invent a different character, and changes what Hill is in a clear okay. and explicit way that is eerily relevant to today
3: um, right now but, uh, and also the ooh. movie does take place in the year 2020
6: Oh does it really good, good ooh, very good yes. um, That's um, why
3: I suggested this
7: book
6: Karama nailing but, it Thank just you Just to close it out I feel so at the end after she has this like breakdown it you know d- in spite of how it was done she does have this awakening right and she is like grateful to be um it does it made me think of when I was rereading it this week uh, my friend was talking to me about her cats and how they're like we're talking about like indoor cats versus outdoor cats and how Mm -hmm. like when an indoor cat becomes an outdoor cat like it blows their mind and she (laughs) said it in this perfect way she's like it would be like because we were sitting outside, distanced, hanging out, and she was like, it would be like if someone came over to us right now and said, do you want to go outside? <laughs> and then we went outside, like outside of the outside. There's another, there's a, there's a whole outside that we didn't know about. Oh um, my God. That's really oh what well I said. It blew my mind. I, and that's what it felt like me. she went outside. Like that's what happened. Yeah.
3: Also, isn't that kind of the plot of Flatland a little bit, where it's like there's another dimension that you don't even know about? What is Flatland? <laughs> it's kind of
6: matrix. It's like a math
3: want... thing. Okay. Flatland is literally a math thing. Yeah, okay. kind Maybe. of matrixy too I mean, with the pills mm-hmm. and I think
5: the the, the Wachowski's what, what, what what Wachowski what C- sisters. Wichowski sisters. I think the Wachowski sisters are very interested in that theme of like the reality outside the reality. I think it's the reason they Mm -hmm. were drawn. I mean, there's maybe many reasons to be drawn to this book. But, you Mm -hmm. know, it does sort of share a similar theme Mm -hmm. between the matrix of like we are cogs in this system and there's a way Mm -hmm. to see beyond this system. And fight back. Fight back. Mm -hmm. Um, Before uh, I just want to do a a quick uh, also plot note. What else is happening at the end of book two, other than Evie, is we find out that uh, Creedy is planning to pay off uh, Allie Harper, who's the Scottish uh, gangster. I love his Scottish <laughs> accent <laughs> in text. I do tried so hard. Really. Um Rose Almond, the, the Rose Rosemary Almond is now a burlesque dancer for money. And also, yeah, it's not going well. It's, it's, she's sad. It's a bad, bad scene for her. <laughs> and also, um, the head of the, this Norse fire system, the head of the Norse fire party, the head of state, um, is this guy named Adam Susan. And he's the one who mans what they call fate, who, which is like the, their supercomputer that like tells them like the weather and stuff. And he is having <laughs> a weird affair with it. He is in love with the computer. And he's going yeah, crazy. Doesn't it say I love yeah. you? I Great. love you. Yeah. So he is having a weird uh moment with his her. computer. He's having a her. He's, moment. Ha- mm-hmm. he's having a her moment. <laughs> he is. And I think that all of the, the other men of like the the party system, you know, like at this point like Creedy who's now getting like gangsters on his side are feeling very like Game of Thrones little finger moment of like chaos is a ladder where they're like <laughs> okay, he's going crazy. There's going to be chaos, and I'm going to be the one who shuffles on
7: top. And so, I mean, that's what I feel like. That's what's happening. Not to be like that's what's happening to our, the U.S. government right now, but like that feels like it. Like chaos is happening, and there are some mm-hmm. GOP senators that want to climb up the ladder because of the chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you think we have a supercomputer that loves people? Yeah, the, sure. like, secret in the government. Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, that
5: would be I'm not mad at that
3: idea.
7: That would be cute. If if
5: there's like a tiny her going on at the Pentagon. A tiny her.
7: It both makes I feel I feel scared by that. If that was happening, I would be worried by that. It's
3: I have like a dumb thing to confess that has nothing to do with the book but does relate to something you just mentioned. Uh Uh-oh. Um no, it's not bad. It's just stupid. I like forget the Pentagon doesn't exist unless the the Pentagon exists unless I'm talking about it. Like I just forget oh, yeah, that I it exists. I never
7: think about the
4: Pentagon. <laughs> I think they probably are no, want it's that not really to in my the purview. I, yeah, <laughs> I I think it would be weird if we were constantly thinking about the Pentagon.
7: You know, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not constantly, constantly like. like I, our, yeah, let's spotlight them. They are our spotlight <laughs> guests
4: today.
3: <laughs> Well, you think I'd spend more time thinking about a building that's named after the shape it is? I just think that's so weird. Like, that's... It's, <laughs> it's pretty it's cute. It's a pentagon. It's cute. It's pretty
6: much... It's cute. They, they built it, like, wow, we made a perfect pentagon. What are we going to call it? What oh, else can we call it? Yeah. Pentagon.
3: That's the name of the movie.
6: <laughs> well, like, what if every building was just called, like, square, rectangle,
3: right? <laughs> Uh
6: oh, It's all, fit.
5: It's also kind mm-hmm. of insane how pres- prescient, prescient... I feel like I always fuck that up. Prescient? 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 Alan Moore! Word! Alan Moore writing about the supercomputer, probably in his uh, wizard hut, was so excited. Not the opposite of excited, but like when when
4: iPhones came out, he was like, I Mm. knew it! I fucking knew it! Yep.
3: Like Siri? Siri won't say that she
4: loves you though. No. He got tickets for the opening of her. Just really enjoyed it. For sure. For sure.
3: Do you
6: think he and Charlie Brooker are like buds?
3: Oh, oh, yeah, they're both British and hate technology Yeah,
6: in a way. yeah. <laughs> and hate the government. I feel like yeah. they're buds. Have you guys? Charlie Brooker, if you listen to this, please let us know. Have you guys <laughs> all seen a, the reviews. a
5: picture of Alan Moore? I know that you don't like yes. to look. I, I know that look. you don't like to <laughs> we'll look, look at the wizard. He is, and we've said this. Yeah, he
6: is. A, he is a wizard.
5: But yeah. look, look at out. Look up Alan Moore right now.
6: Oh my! He's a forest word, yeah. wizard. Wow! I'm he's a forest up, wizard that's also up. really into like ACDC and wow. like like a lot of like seventies rock, you know.
3: And he's also, like he like the Sex Pistols. I feel like he likes the Sex he Pistols. He like the, you know he
7: looks
4: like Hagrid's like creative.
7: Brother. Okay, wait. I'm also
4: <laughs> he's like sending ha- my absolute favorite picture of Alan Moore. Ha- if Hagrid was oh. a heavy drinker. <laughs>
5: Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. We got. I have to see this picture. Okay, ah! Ah! okay we're looking at a picture of Alan oh, Moore that my, Jennifer my, just my, sent my, to the my, group my. chat.
3: Yeah. Writer, wizard, mall Santa,
6: Rasputin oh, impersonator, writer, <laughs> oh Alan Moore
7: <laughs> from a Tumblr called Feet Lips.
6: It kind of looks He's like his not hair. A mall Santa. His, his hair was flattered terrifying. at the time. <laughs>
7: Uh,
3: Depends on the mall, Melissa. I feel like Not everybody more accurate has-
7: representation of a lot of the, In when I was growing up, I lived outside of Philly, and these were what the Santas looked like. <laughs> oh, no. Oh,
6: God. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh. Yeah, Melissa, I think you're too used to that sleek L.A. mall Santa
7: yeah. look. <laughs> yeah, all,
6: they all play Santas in various Hallmark movies. All, mm-hmm. all the Santas
7: in L.A. Are, are are in athleisure. They're just, like, red. My
6: Santa mm. was Jeff Bridges. Was that not your mall Santa? Is they're all tag after.
3: All the mall Santas in L.A. go to Equinox. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: so, yeah, Alan Moore... Uh, hates hates fascism hates uh racism and, and hates And's his adaptation of movies yeah and yeah. loves mm. loves beards he loves I was gonna beards. say there are
6: very
3: few things on the love list but in terms of book two um I think it's really interesting that it's called vicious cabaret the uh the entire book uh which also starts with a v <laughs> <laughs> the um Because of, again, the constant theme of theatricality and how uh, Rosemary does begin working at this cabaret and it starts off in this cabaret and it's sort of weird to see because we think of it as so like they talk about food rationing and stuff, which was something that I thought was cool in the Jordan Tower scene mm. where uh, they, like, have the the propaganda TV shows where it's like, eh, you're going to get caught food rationing. This is what you'd say when your neighbors are, like, hoarding food. <laughs> yeah. And... This sort of like narc mentality where it's like tell on your neighbor and it's sort of be- something, it's become say something. it's become
4: normalized to the point where it's like a sitcom joke, which I thought exactly. was very mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. also one of the reasons that they keep V alive, that V's so good at gardening and growing food for them, mm-hmm. that um, mm-hmm. that he's really useful in the camp. Mm-hmm. And that's how he starts to get
3: the things that he needs for his bomb. Yeah. is because they start to trust him. And it's interesting how oppressors can sort of forget that they are oppressing sometimes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, we're working together. We're all in this together. High School Musical. And they're like, oh, we forgot that this is a concentration camp. He's not allowed to leave. He hates us. We've injected him with a disease that's made him insane. Yeah. Uh, but... But I can garden, so we'll let him, yeah, we'll let him have some things from his, like, Amazon wish list because he's good at gardening.
7: (laughs) I
5: also think cabaret, obviously the name and, like, the juxtaposition of cabaret with fascism comes back to, like, Mm -hmm. the play in the 60s and then the movie musical in the 70s. 70s. Definitely, like, a decade Mm -hmm. before this, which is, if you've never seen it, about a cabaret in Weimar Republic, Germany, as the Nazis gain power, and it's a really uh, dark and funny musical because you know it's that like idea of like, okay, whatever's going on out here, we're putting on a show mm. in here, mm-hmm. and I I think that that's uh, definitely a a um, proper like a, a creative thing that V would respect and and like and enjoy, I imagine. I think
3: and not to be a theater major, yeah, but please do. In, uh, in Candor and Ebb's cabaret, one of the interesting things is there was a mirror at the back of the stage. And as the, the show goes on, the mirror gets tilted more and more so that at the end you can see yourselves. And you, the show is supposed to be a mirror. And it's like, this isn't something that happened outside of our society. This is our society. You are a part of this. You are at the cabaret mm-hmm. right now. Think about it. You're the audience. You're watching things. Um, and I think that it's really interesting that... Through this, we are in all of these situations, and, like, we don't get any agency. We can't choose what happens, but we do become sort of, like, watchers in the same way all the people at home watching the TV are the audience, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're just—and when the TV goes out, nobody's like, thank God, all the fascist propaganda's Mm. gone. They're like, the telly's broken! Mom, (laughs) Mm -hmm. come fix the telly! Uh (laughs) That's my very bad British accent.
6: I feel very, uh, exposed whenever, and I remember this in the book too, whenever I see people on TV that look sad on the couch watching TV, like whenever there's like a, dep- a depiction of a depressed oh person God. is sitting in sweats watching TV and I watch that I'm like, what a fucking loser. <laughs> um, but it is, it, that feels like a mirror to me. Um, anyway. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's almost I'm as also if, like I came here to have a good time.
3: Please don't attack me, <laughs> Melissa.
5: It's almost as if the screen becomes a
4: black mirror.
5: Ooh.
3: Dun dun
4: dun! Uh, something I really liked about the depiction of this cabaret in the book is that it is an incredibly joyless cabaret. As far as I can tell, nobody there is having a good time. No. Um, we see one scene of it up close. They sing a very fascist song. Then one guy's informed that he has to um, kill his mother by basically putting her into the gas chamber that he thought oh, that he oh, had yeah. an understanding with the government that they he, could, like, he could just keep her at home. That guy's and out. They're, New guy's and in. And they're like, no, that guy's out. Like, your mom's dead now. Um, and then, And he obviously becomes hysterical after finding out that they're going to murder his mother. So, yeah, I thought a lot about how um, in Cabaret, the movie musical, uh, the cabaret ends when the Nazis take power. The cabaret functions up until that point because the cabaret can be a haven for weirdos and outsiders. The cabaret depicted in V for Vendetta really does not work. Uh, Mm -hmm. The women there are not happy. They are not happy to be performing. They are not having fun and singing and dancing and becoming famous. They are all there as a last resort. Uh, The clients do not appear to be happy. Many of them Mm -hmm. seem to be crying. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it's, this is the worst club you have ever been to.
5: And I do think Um, it's important to note, uh, sex work for women can be empowering and financially fulfilling, If it's Mm -hmm. voluntary, and this is clearly Mm -hmm. a system in which the women are not doing it by choice, Rosemary uh, does not Mm want to be dancing at that cabaret, but she feels like she has no other options. And at the beginning, you know, Evie, as a child prostitute, isn't doing that for for fun or financial freedom. She's doing it because she has to.
3: Right. And Rosemary starts off as a patron of the cabaret and she gets kicked out because she has no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and Evie even notes because she sees her. She's like, nobody's sitting with that lady because two of the last men that she dated died.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this cabaret is so bad that even in this time of the pandemic, like anytime I see. Bars, restaurants, out on, like on TV shows. I'm like, I want to be mm-hmm. there so mm-hmm. bad all the time. Yeah. But this cabaret is so I... bad that I'm like, <laughs> I'm happy to be home. Yeah, I
6: have the exact same thought, yeah. <laughs> Tia. <Just reading it. laughs> It's, it's the most bummer cabaret, like, even in COVID times. Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't rewind I wouldn't to 2019 go. to go to this cabaret. Bummer cabaret.
3: I'd still go. Like, if, if like I'd still go. Somebody oh, gets Obama. murdered oh, at the I end. people get murdered. Like, a man yes.
4: screams, why do we have to live this way? <laughs> and then other people kill him. <laughs> the women are miserable on stage. <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm so bored in my house. A yeah, <laughs> <the laughs> guy
4: screams... I wish we were dead. That's what I wish. I wish we were all dead. It would be better.
6: I guess This sounds like a fun party of, to me. Where people are in the quarantine <laughs> is whether this is a fun cabaret to them.
3: Today, Karama? this particular day, I would go. If you ask me like in three days, maybe not. It depends on whether or not I'm watching enough Netflix. But right <laughs> mm-hmm. now I'm like, this sounds fun. Sure, why not? It's
6: cheaper than cable. Now, like even I've been watching The Queen's Gambit, which is a period thing. And I saw people walk around the hotel. I'm like, what are do oh, they doing? I know I like, got so <laughs> you
4: not wearing masks. Yeah.
6: I had my oh,
4: first no. mask dreams.
5: Just a normal dream oh, where I everything was too. the same. But, but,
3: but
6: I was like wearing a mask. A
3: mask. Oh, I haven't had I any have, of those.
6: I had the. I've had the opposite dream where I've like realized I'm not wearing a mask and that I'm around a bunch of other people oh. who are, not I'm like, oh no, oh. we're gonna. It's a super spreader event. Anyway, what a bad tone to end on. Let's talk about something else. Well, I
3: want to talk about, well, I want to end on a possibly worse tone, but I thought it was (laughs) interesting how there was the idea that they just throw, they, they're they like, oh, take your mom to the old folks' home. He's like, that's not an old folks' home. It's a gas chamber. And they're like, no, 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 no. They beat them to death, please. It's
6: still a, it's still a home. It's still a structure where old people go into. We're talking semantics.
3: Well, and recently, yeah. um, Joe Biden has uh, started to announce sort of who's going to be in his cabinet and stuff. And there's this guy Who is uh, Rahm Emanuel's like brother or something Mm. that Joe Biden has said might be on one of his task force forces? Are we? No, there is a doctor. The other, the
5: third Emanuel, is a doctor.
3: Yeah, okay. th- it's not that one, but it's a different one. Uh, and he said that people should die at 75. He's like, you're you're not useful past 75. Oh, he's one of
4: those guys. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah, that's a strange position to take. That's a, that's a, cool, that's a take. cool thing to say
7: when you're the person, the president-elect literally. Who hired literally- you. Yeah. Like
3: older than 75.
4: Yeah, uh, Did Joe Biden um, hire him just to be like a living counter argument?
7: that would be such unclear I really hope not
4: yeah (laughs) but I think
3: it's really I think it's really interesting the idea that people hold that old people have no use Mm -hmm. in society and how we get to see this in action in V for Vendetta where they're like you gotta go and I realized when I was reading that I hadn't seen a single old person on the page Mm. I guess even in the background the
5: oldest guy we saw was the sort of wrinkled uh, pedophile priest who had like a Right, but whose wrinkles were like meant to be grotesque, like they were drawn specifically as like grotesquery. Mm -hmm. Look, Mm -hmm. she's also, and I don't think he was 75.
4: It might be be different for men in positions of power. This is for women,
5: you see his like weird, grotesque face. Yeah, that's like, yeah, 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 it's not
3: a a great face, no, but it's Mm -hmm. like drawn specifically because they're
5: like, he's a pedophile priest, Mm -hmm. let's let's Mm draw him creepy. It
3: worked. (laughs) I was going to agree with something you said. It's different for men in power. Um, And I don't think it's just that he's a man, but I think it's the power part because when we think of religion and religious institutions, we think of, like, uh, prestigiousness and tradition and an institution and old white men sort of embody that (laughs) in our society. So to have, like, a hip, young, like, youth pastor voice, like, uh, well you know, W.A.P. stands for worship and praise. <laughs> like that's a whole other thing that doesn't work with fascism.
5: And I, <laughs> and I think. Or, or like or, a lot or, of or, things. Yeah, yeah. Like that it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, But also in a, in a fascist system, and I think Margaret Atwood gets this well, like women's use is reproduction. And when that stops mm-hmm. working for women mm-hmm. in a fascist mm-hmm. system, they're like, well, what's the point of a woman now?
4: I, don't yeah. a, I will be is. on the record to saying be, I don't agree with that. <laughs> to be I'm mommies, against Dana. It. Yeah. To yeah. get to suffer the same fate as all starlets get to go through at the age of 35, where suddenly they have a cooking line, and uh, <laughs> they put out a book about how like their real passion now is feeding their family, and uh, but they're still very beautiful. They're
8: very so beautiful. beautiful.
6: It's also how actors at 35 – actresses at 35 um, – at like 31 32 33 they're still playing like the ingenue that's like you know the lead and then they turn 35 and then they're um the mother of a um of a 16 14. year old yeah. yeah yeah of a 16 <laughs> year old yes. like there's no all of a sudden it's like well that's what happened she all of the moms get pregnant at 19 meanwhile every actress has to wait forever to have babies because they can't afford them and need to uh save their body you know yeah Amy Poehler
3: is, like, six years older than Rachel McAdams and plays her mom in Mean Girls.
4: Uh-huh.
7: Oh, my God. Which is God. great.
4: Well, on that fun yeah. note, uh, <laughs> let's leave it at that. Oh, wait. One thing that I did think was <laughs> yeah. very, very nice. Um, yes. The last pages of this chapter are V and Evie dancing, and they're dancing under a disco ball. And it seems really beautiful and like a really nice moment for both of them, and they're both really happy. And there are very few moments of real mm-hmm. happiness in this. And I think it's such a nice contrast to the horror that is the cabaret. Yeah. That this is how um, how dancing and um, and uh, dancing with someone should go. That's well it said. Be in that this is. Nice. There's also
3: yeah. a little private, yeah. more More textual evidence that V is gay. Just throwing it out there.
6: (laughs) Also, I will say, as see and you might feel this way too, as someone who has not seen the movie, and this is the first time reading it, I'm really excited to see what Mm -hmm. happens with Evie in the next, because when you read book one and two, which is what we've done so far, it's like she's this innocent 16 year old and that gets kicked out at the end of book one that has gone through a lot of shit, but she's still very naive and doesn't want to murder anyone. And then this transformation in book two is so powerful and that's what I've seen. And you know, all the Natalie Portman, shaving her head stuff, but I'm really looking forward to seeing. What she
5: now her is a Hollywood 35. That's that's <laughs> yes, she's a Hollywood <laughs> 35. Oh,
6: no. She's gonna have a 16-year-old son <laughs> in the next uh-huh. book. That's like, have you done your homework? Ugh and then, oh
5: my. Yeah, God. but I think that is a really this vicious cabaret. We get this uh, misery cabaret, and then we end with their their private disco. That's a great note, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
3: Yeah, start with a song, so, end with a dance. Yeah.
5: That's our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dana Schwartz and you can find me on Twitter at Dana Schwartz with three Zs. You can follow Jennifer Wright at Jen Ashley Wright. Karama Dankwa is at Karama Drama. Melissa Hunter is at Melissa FTW. And Tian Tran is smart enough to have gotten off Twitter, but she is on Insta at Hank Tina. Our executive producer is Christopher Hesiodas, and we're produced and edited by Mike Johns. Special thanks to David Wasserman. Next week, we'll finish up book three of Beef for Vendetta before moving on to the 2005 film starring Natalie Portman. Popcorn Book Club is a production of iHeartRadio.
1: Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
2: podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce.